Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Welcome to another edition of Your Financial Mission. Walter Storholt here alongside Janine Theus, CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, your financial commander in Columbia and serving you throughout Howard County. We've got a great show on the way for you today. We're going to be talking about fake news in the financial world. How about that for an exhilarating headline on uh, today's program? Going to get into the fake news debate on the show today. We've got a great listener question to answer as well, and we're going to poke around and see what's happening in the news in general as well. So uh, before we get to all that, though, Janine, let's bring you into the program. How are you this week? I'm doing great. It is a fantastically beautiful day outside. You know, you know, for the beginning of June, it started out like a typical Oregon morning in the summer. It was very cool, and it's just gorgeous. And it, of course, we had a crazy storm yesterday, so I guess they just washed that right out. And then here you are inside recording a podcast instead of That's outside right. enjoying the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Poor you. I want to be on my bike. Well, let's knock this thing out. You can go out and ride and do whatever you need to do. Lots of good things, it sounds like, for you to go do outside today. So let's get you moving in that direction. But first, let's get some great financial information into the bucket first. Let's time to see what's happening in the news. And as we check out a latest news headline, well, it's been in the news for quite a while here, Janine. Brexit. And the UK can't quite seem to make up its mind about whether or not Brexit is going to happen, how they're going to actually do it, so on and so forth. Do you foresee this saga having really any impact on our economy, however it unfolds? Because it certainly did right when it was announced, causing some mayhem. But what about now? Yeah, there's two camps on the Brexit, obviously, one for, one against. But when you look at the people who are involved with being pro and con, the folks that are pro-Brexit are just really tired of having the EU, which is actually headquarters in Belgium, tell them what to do and who to, who they can... Um, buy produce from and who they can buy oil from and who they can let in as immigrants. So there's a lot of underlying discontent as they, I guess, organize and protest against, you know, diktats from Merkel from Germany and the European Commission. I mean, a lot of it is against the green, uh, not to say the Green New Deal, but it is against the green lobby because they have these, you know, almost 30,000 different wind turbines that are almost 20 years old. So they're going to be shut down hmm. because they can't operate. And here's the really biggest deal is they can't operate without government subsidy, which means the taxpayers paying for it. So if they don't shut them down, then more of the taxpayers are going to be taxed more than they already are to subsidize that. So a lot of people have, are fed up with that. Another one is, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about GMOs, which are, uh, is food, genetically modified. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. You lost so, me for a second because I was like, sorry oh, about that. GMO, a food <laughs> <Yeah>. thing? <laughs> 
I mean, so th this is a really big deal because you're finding it's getting harder and harder and harder. In Europe, you're just inundated with advertisement against GMO. Well, in the US and there, the non-GMO is 10% in declining. So unless they want to be, this is where it could, you know, potentially impact the US. There's a lot of trade that goes on with food. So if they want to be competitive with what we're exploiting in terms of food, and they're on this GMO kick, then they're going to lose. So a lot of people are pretty PO'd about the entire thing, you know, because there is this, I guess, cult of renewable energy that is reliant on the taxpayer and the taxpayers have had enough. And so is it going to affect the US? Hard to say. I think it would be a ripple effect. I mean, you might get a spike or, or drop at the, in the market because news tends to move the market. So you'll get one or two days of blah, you know, because everybody's panicking. And then the decisions will pan out, which is typical of what really happens. You get this drop or this increase and then, oh, okay, here's how the decision's going to work out over time. So right. trade with the U.S. or competition of trade with the U.S. is going to be a factor there. But is it going to affect us hugely? I don't think so. Yeah, that's a really good, really good point. It's really going to be probably kind of another emotional decision, right? I mean, that's yep. it, when it first happened. I think that was the emotional reaction. Then things stabilized very quickly, it seemed afterwards. So, and, yeah, and I think that, you know, we, I mean, Britain, if you look at the UK, is 7% of world GDP. And then you've got Germany, Italy, France, they're combined about 9%. So what you've got is the UK saying, we're done with you guys <laughs> telling us what to do. And there are the, some powers that be that are afraid that if the UK does that and leaves the EU, that these others will follow eventually. Well, they have a whole lot of things going on in those countries that they have to deal with. So is it really going to affect America? Mm, not significantly. Yeah. Well, it just not may... Sure could create even more opportunities for um, right. you know good things to happen. So yep. will be opportunity certainly out there. It'll just be a matter of who's in position to take advantage of it, as is life in many ways. Well, yep. that is a little bit of what's happening in the news, and that's also going to be the main topic of our conversation today, except we're going to talk a little bit more about fake news. And so if you see someone saying Brexit will cause the American economy to fail— you know, that might be a bit of fake news we could throw into this category, but we're going to focus on four in particular headlines on today's show. You know, the term fake news kind of has become synonymous with that political climate over the past few years, Janine. We've certainly, gosh, heard it pretty much ubiquitous whenever politics is talked about, but it's also kind of a phenomenon that's spread to other parts of our culture as well, and I don't think the financial space has escaped this in any way, shape, or form. So we're going to look at some of the news headlines that we've seen over the last oh, little while and see if they qualify to be labeled as fake news. You ready to go, Janine? I'm ready. You're going to be our fake news buster. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we need that these days. <laughs> but before we give these, I mean, just, uh, you know, I think everybody kind of gets the idea of what fake news is. But what does it really mean to you when you see a headline and you think in your head sort of fake news? What sort of goes through your mind is like, why? Why is it fake news? Well, and that's what I ask is, how is it fake news? What's the premise of the accusation? And if I can find facts that substantiate it, then it is fake news if I know what the facts of an issue are. If I don't know because I don't follow, which is a lot of people don't follow or they don't have, they don't understand the history of the issue, it's really easy to use hyperbolic language 
to create this sense of fear. I mean, you sent me a great article on this, and it's absolutely true. The news makes you move. That's what it's intended to do one way or the other. So you have to be very careful not to fall into the trap of the fear-mongering that happens on either side. Yep. And the annoying thing is that sometimes the article or the news, you know, item that you're reading might actually be okay. It's just got a terrible headline that is like a fake news headline. I guess they call that clickbait. Um, oh, yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> and, you, and you get in there and the story is like completely different than what the headline said. But sometimes the article also reflects whatever the headline says. So I'll give you the headline that we've seen over the last you know couple of months here. And you let us know, is this fake news? And if so, why? One that you know seems to pop up every now and again is some sort of article saying Social Security going broke with a big exclamation point alongside it. What do you think about that fake news? Well, that's based on a few studies, including the Heritage Foundation and a few others, that's near true in that by going broke, they mean it will be insolvent by 2035. So what does that really mean? Does it mean all the money goes away and you're not going to get your benefits? No, it doesn't mean that. Because where we used to years, decades ago, have an actual trust fund that was considered the Social Security Trust Fund that money was kind of moved into a general fund. So Congress is going to find a way to continue benefits. They may be reduced. They're going to have to work out something. They need to work out how the money is actually invested because by law, it can't be invested in any equity exposure. And and since bonds haven't made very much in the last however many years, you know, it really hasn't grown any with regard to the market opportunity. So now you've got more people than ever taking money out in distribution, social security distribution. So you're draining the fund is the premise. But when you build the economy back up with jobs and we've got how many jobs that were in the last quarter that were new jobs are created, you're building an economy where people are paying taxes and those taxes are going to replenish the social security fund, among other things. But (laughs) so is it really going to be broke? No. But they're going to have to make some adjustments. So maybe some hidden truth to that, but some hyperbole certainly built into that, making that into the uh, fake news category. Absolutely. Okay. That's one great example. Here's another one. The crash of the dollar is imminent. Buy gold now. I love these commercials. And you hear them radio, TV, magazines, everything. All the time. Gold could go. It's always a could go to $2,000 an ounce. Yes, or poised. Gold is poised for (laughs) whatever. And they've been saying that for the last 10 years. (laughs) So, yes, I think it did get up to $1,400 or maybe $1,600. I can't remember right off the bat, but, you know, it didn't go to $2,000. And this whole idea that the economy is going to crash, so you need safety. I actually have a friend that did tell me he'd, he'd bought some gold coins, some actual physical gold coins. And I said, why? Well, it's for safety. I go, because it's not return, right? He goes, no, 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 it's for safety. I go, what does that mean? <laughs> because if everything goes tanks and we have a crisis, right, it's Armageddon. You're just going to need butter and bullets. Right. <laughs> What are you going to do with a gold coin? (laughs) What are you going to do with the gold coins? As soon as you pop one out, somebody's going to take it from you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe after, you know, the crisis, as things are being rebuilt, then maybe those gold coins come in handy. But boy, it's going to be tough to make it to that point. And part of it is, you know, what, what is the establishment for the rate? 
you know, in terms of what is the value? That's going to change. It always changes. And gold is actually pretty plentiful, <laughs> more so than you would believe or that you've been led to believe. But yeah, you know, there are two camps on how we should tag our dollar. But yeah, there's no crash of our dollar. In fact, our dollar is stronger than ever. And everybody's pegging their currency to our dollar. Mm -hmm. Because we, why? We have a stable government and a stable economy compared to the rest of the world. Contrary to what you might think if you look on Twitter lately, but, uh, right. but <laughs> compared to the rest of the world. That's right. It, it's still a stable government. So yeah. um, that is very true. And your point about gold actually being more plentiful is kind of funny. I mean, you can go buy a gold ring kind of anytime you want and anywhere, multiple jewelry stores all across the world. <laughs> so it's they've yeah, always got exactly. plenty on hand, it seems, to keep making rings for people. <laughs> That's right. It's Even if it's coming from you somewhere. Know, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Too funny. All right, here's another one. Nursing home costs. Oh, here's that word poised, right? We jumped the gun a little bit. There we go. Nursing home costs poised to bankrupt millions of Americans. Now, this one kind of seems true to me. Well, when you look at the studies, the biggest cost for most people is going to be healthcare, you know, in your elder years. And nursing home costs are going up. Healthcare is going up, nursing costs are going up. We have, as a culture, we've begun outsourcing care. So when you outsource care, you know, it's the demand and the supply. And there isn't a huge supply, although more nursing homes, et cetera, or, you know, staged retirement homes. So first you're independent, then you're assisted, and then you're in facility care. Those are, you know, cropping up big time because you've got this huge population of baby boomers that are making a transition. But that's not going to get any cheaper. And some of these things are eight to $10,000 a month if you're in facility care. Yeah. That's pretty expensive. So what's happening is if you have insurance or you are self-insuring it, you're paying or the insurance is paying the cost. Once you can no longer pay it, guess who's paying? The taxpayer. Yep. Us. Us. Exactly. Because you go to Medicaid. So is it going to bankrupt people? No, but you will have to spend down assets. So you just need to know that based on current policy or current norms, if you don't have the money, yes, you'll be in a Medicaid home. That may not be the option that you desire, but it is what it is. And if you want more choices, then you need to put other options on the table before you get there. That one's but a lot like the Social Security going broke headline where there's an element of truth probably once you start digging deeper a little bit saying, yes, this is a problem. Social Security is an issue. Nursing home care costs are an issue, but maybe it's it's just being the hyperbole is painting it in too significant of a light where you don't have to go running for the hills in fear like the fake news headline is trying to make you do. Exactly. And I think, I mean, part of me wants to say, okay, the headline is geared to getting people's attention, which most of them are, you know, what's the hook to get somebody's attention to even think about this. But it's amazing. Unless you've had, you've gone through a situation where you're, you have an elderly parent that's in care, people are rather oblivious <laughs> to this until they come to a situation they cannot ignore. Yep. So Yes, but your point about, you know, a, a sliver of truth being in these headlines, that's how all of this, I mean, it's a marketing tactic 
it's a political tactic. It's a way to persuade people where you have a, a piece of truth that's embedded in the headline, the lie, the whatever, yep. to get you to go right along. <laughs> well, that, that transitions really well into the final fake news headline for today. The market crash coming soon. <laughs> and that, I mean. And they're right. Market, we just don't know how soon, right? <laughs> they're right. It's coming soon. It's just when. <laughs> right, right. Please, somebody. What, what, what degree of soon? How do you define soon? That's the follow-up question. <laughs> That's exactly. And there's nothing. So if you saw The Big Short, the movie The Big Short, okay, there were a couple of people who were doing math and data analysis that figured there was a crash coming. Now, if you talk to a lot, I've talked to a lot of advisors about this. Did you know the crash was coming? Well, everybody had an uneasy feeling, but they didn't know what it was. And so only the guys that were analyzing all this data, like the guy in the movie, really understood what was coming. So, I mean, that truly was a market crash. Right. Major, major crash. It was a major market crash. There's nothing out there now that's anywhere near that. So what we're seeing with a little more volatility than everybody's used to, and maybe it's because everybody's hyper attuned to everything the market does because the news is 24-7. You can't get away from it. And if you're the one who gets sucked into that, it's just literally reaching out and beating you <laughs> every moment. Right. right. You know, then it's easy to feel that way when the market does a dive. These things are but all so unpredictable. I mean, that was an example in 2008 of a market crash that, you know, okay, a handful saw coming, but market crashes can happen because of terrorism, because of events in the news. I mean, a bomb goes off in the in the Midwest, and now we've got a major, you know, potential market crash all of a sudden. And you, you can't, you know, predict well, those you, things happening. You know, I mean, you've got a market movement. There's a market movement. So Nebraska was underwater not too long ago, completely underwater. So you've got a ton of farms out there for, so you've got crops and livestock. That's a big deal. The market blipped. So we've got tornadoes up Tornado Alley. We had right. um, a couple touchdown in Howard County. Everybody's Wah! going crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is weather and pattern, right. and we can trace it back to X, Y, Z, but it's not going to make the market dive 5,000 points. Right. We've had hurricanes. We've had mm -hmm. a lot of different things that come through. I mean, even Katrina, I guess what, came through, and a lot of people yeah. were really worried about what was going to happen to gas prices, and there were, there were some, some increases there for sure, but uh, we've had the BP oil spill. I mean, we've had lots of relatively big events occur that haven't triggered even you know major market crashes or anything like that. Right. The markets are forward-looking, so everybody's kind of projecting into the prices what they think is going to happen next. So companies are, you know, everybody's mobilizing to fix X or to, to take care of Y. And so those prices are built in to the stock prices every day. That news is built in. And it is random because nobody has the big, you know, the big crystal ball. But it's a fact of life that there is risk involved. So, you know, worrying about a market crash is making yourself worry about a risk that is highly unlikely. Yeah. Well, educate us a little more. Are there any other additional types of headlines that you see every once in a while that you'd qualify as fake news in your book from a financial perspective? Well, I think people have to be very careful about what's being sold. Now, the, Maryland just suffered its largest Ponzi scheme ever. The news came out a couple of weeks back. 
And the thing that folks need to remember is fear is used often to get you to move off of center. And in this case, it's promising you guarantees and safety. And this is what this instrument does. If you don't understand it, you should not be going there. And you need to see whatever the documentation is, or you need to see statements or ticker symbols or things like that to not get sucked into a scam. Because I think scams are the biggest um, uh, money movers, if you will, from people to one or two individuals. <laughs> because they're very good at selling the fear or the scam. And you really have to be attuned to that. So the media does it constantly. But if somebody's approaching you and saying, hey, I have this investment, it's a 12, 12% investment, you know, year to year to year to year, well, that's impossible because the market doesn't do that. But you know, it's the way they present things, you have to really be careful about what fake news you're hearing. Yeah, all great so points, Janine, absolutely. Well, if you've got concerns or questions, if you ever see anything in the news that's got your concerns saying, hey, is this something we need to be worried about? Janine, do you have people who just will forward you, you know, articles and information, uh, clients who say, hey, can you look at this? Is this something I should be thinking about or worried about and that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, all the time. And, you know, the, the gold thing is one because there are a few websites out there, salespeople who they're very good at the verbal or the uh, word salad. Yeah very good at saying all these wonderful things and describing all these wonderful things. And then I'm, of course, me, I'm jaded. So <laughs> I just look at it and go, okay, this is, I put my BS meter is pegged. So right. I, then I have to explain to somebody, okay, this is what this really is. Well, you also have the, um, gosh, what is it like sponsored content now? So you can mm -hmm. be on a reputable news site and see an article that looks just like, you know, a great, Hey, this is a good option. This is a realistic article that I'm reading and you don't realize sometimes it's a little sneaky that it's actually kind of like a sponsored content or a sponsored article, but you know, that could be promoting gold or some other benefit like that. Some other product. That is, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. In fact, there is a very big advisor who was a genius at marketing. The way he phrases things and couches words, <laughs> it makes it sound, Oh, it's so wonderful. Well, he's a fee-based advisor and you know, I'm a fee-based advisor. We do similar things, but the way he's couched it, it's very interesting. And you know, he's a big dog is what I would refer to as a big dog. And so you do, you have to be very careful the sites that you frequent and the information that you're seeing, because there's a, there is a lot of clickbait. Yep, really good points on all of those things. Janine, if you've got any questions about something you've seen in the news, want to run by any of this kind of stuff to Janine, you can certainly do that. All you have to do is pick up the phone, give her a call, 443-718-6311. That's 443-718-6311. Or find Janine online at theuswealthadvisors.com. We'll put a link in the show notes of today's episode where you can certainly go and ask questions and find out more information as well. That's theuswealthadvisors.com. Time to find out a little bit more about Janine. This is Getting to Know You. It's Getting to Know You time. All right, a fun chance each week for us to uh, get to know Janine's personality just a little bit better. This one's a fun one, Janine. Uh, as we take a look at this question this week, if we look back to when you were a kid, what's the biggest trouble you ever got into? Well, I, I was, I can remember it because I, my life was interesting, but boring. I didn't do a lot of crazy 
things like a couple of my brothers. <laughs> you were a good kid. <laughs> I was pretty much a good kid. But when I was about 15, we bought a Suzuki 90 and we were on base at the Air Force Academy and I didn't have a license. And uh -oh. I was out riding that Suzuki 90 in the dirt. So we were doing some dirt riding. It was a dirt bike. So I was learning how to handle it and do crazy things, you know, in the ravines and stuff. And then I got on Main Street through the housing area and I was screaming down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, woohoo. And next thing I know, you know, the, the sirens on, the lights are flashing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and I had to go down to the military police you know, to the little the building. The there. MPs, right? Yeah, the MPs, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to get kicked off base. My dad's going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> they were like, I'm sorry, dad. And he just had this smirk on his face. It was pretty funny because nothing really happened. It was a warning because I, I, you know, but I was really cranking that thing because I want to oh, see yeah. how fast it could go. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> And you got to be careful on base, right? Because they'll they, they don't mess oh, around yeah. sometimes. Yeah, they don't mess around. And of course, I was going through a housing development, you know, down the main drag, and uh, that was pretty obvious. I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. My my dad is not in the military; he's in pest control, but he has to travel through the base quite a bit. It's like mm -hmm. a a main cut through to get to all their different service areas. So he and his company they've got like a special pass where they're able to get through the base, but. He says they do not mess around. He does not take calls when he's driving through the base. And I mean, he's also taking the approach of, you know, it's a business. And so if he gets kicked out, you know, of the base for breaking one of the rules or something like that, and the, the business loses access, they're going to lose tons of customers because it's like an extra 45 minutes to an hour to get to destinations if you can't go through the base. So it would oh, yeah. really hamper travel. Even, yeah, it's an even bigger deal now. Then it wasn't so big, but it's still, yeah. I just think back and I don't know what I was thinking other than it was fun. So I wanted to see how fast the Suzuki 90 could go. That's usually how, how kids get in trouble, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can hear those things coming for a long time. <laughs> 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 screaming down the road. But oh, man. So my, my dad handled it very well. That's good. <laughs> so. That is good stuff. Well, there you go. Picture Janine riding her. Little Suzuki down through the base, getting in trouble. And you got scared straight, it sounds like. Yeah, it did. <laughs> That's good. Good stuff. That's getting to know Janine a little bit better. Time to open up the mailbag before we end this week's show. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. And this week's question comes to us from Bradley. Bradley says, Janine, my wife totaled her car. We need about $30,000 to get her a new one. We only keep about $1,000 in the bank, though. So should we just get this from our IRA where we'll have to pay taxes on it? Or should we use after-tax money and just pay capital gains? Well, wow, there's a couple things missing from here. Was it her fault or was it the other person's fault? Because you're going to have an insurance claim mm -hmm. that should replace most of the car. Yeah. or most of the cost of the car. So taking money out of an IRA is rarely a good idea because if you're under 59 and a half, you're going to incur a penalty along with the taxes. And there are these things called loans. So you can get a pretty cheap car loan for the remainder of whatever the insurance doesn't cost. 
Um, and so if you have to go out and buy a car right now, or I mean, right away, you know, um, try to buy new used because that's always a good deal. Yeah. Um, like the certified pre-owned kind of thing. Yeah, because as soon as you drive a car off the lot brand new, it depreciates pretty fast. Yeah. So I would rather see you get a loan for the car. And then if whatever the money is that you get back from the insurance company, you can opt to pay down the loan. Or, uh, you know, I think most car loans now are like 2.99. They're still pretty cheap. So that's cheap money. I, I don't know that I would pay cash for a car. So, but definitely I would not take it out of your IRA. And then after tax money, it gets, you know, it just depends on what do you have there. I mean, there's not a lot of description of what your other assets are. You know, if you need to pay some of the loan down, I, I can, could easily do that, but I'm not really a fan of paying cash for cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a lot of options there, it sounds like Bradley, that don't require you having to dip into the IRA. Yeah. I think, you know, overall, that's a really bad idea unless there's an emergency. Right, right. And yeah, the insurance question is another big one there. Now, maybe she was driving an older car and it's time to get a, a new one. So there wasn't much to make up on the insurance side. That's possible, I suppose. Right. I mean, they, you know, you'd be surprised, but if it's a decent car and they're going to give you $5,000, well, that's then you only need to take a loan for twenty five. you know, eventually. Right. But, you know, I would much rather see that risk mitigated or some time and money leveraged. <laughs> on a car. Yep. Some good options for you to consider there, Bradley. So good question. No doubt about it. If you've got questions like that, well, you can cover all those kinds of things in a one-on-one -on -one review of your financial plan with Janine. You can come in, ask your questions, find out a little bit more about what it's like to work with Janine and the team at Theus Wealth Advisors. She's got an office in Columbia there serving you throughout Howard County. 443-718-6311. 443-718-6311. Sixty-three eleven, or online at theuswealthadvisors.com. Just to check the uh, description of today's show. You'll see all the links and show notes and information that you need there on anything we talked about on today's show. That's theuswealthadvisors.com, or just check the description of today's podcast. Well, Janine, that does it for this edition. Thanks so much for taking the time out to join us and walking us through some of these fake news items that we can be aware of in the financial world. And we'll do it again next thanks week. So How's much. it sound? Yeah, thanks so much, Walter. This is great. Lots of fun. That's Janine Theus. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for being with us. Talk to you next time right back here on Your Financial Mission. Your Financial Mission.